Several years ago, I became very interested in Mark chapter 4, where Jesus speaks the parable of the sower, sowing the word. I looked at this very closely because some people have the word of God stolen from them. And in this parable, Jesus tells us how that word of God gets stolen from us. God took me to several things to also show me how to keep the word of God from being stolen from me and how to live in that word of God. I'm going to share those with you today. First, let us look at Mark chapter 4. The sower soweth the word. And it came to pass as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside. Some of the word fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depths of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. I know that happens frequently. People at churches hear the word of God, but they don't develop a root system. And one thing God taught me is developing a root system. Because if you fail to develop a good root system for the word that you have heard from the Spirit of God, you will be unlikely to produce fruit as you should from that word. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Jesus went on to explain this parable, starting at verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away that word which was sown in their heart, so it can't bear any fruit. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no fruit in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. They follow after the wrong thing. They fail to take care of the cares of this world. 
They follow after the deceitfulness of riches, and they're swept away by that pursuit of riches. And they have lust of other things, and these entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So it doesn't matter how much you hear the word, if it's going to be choked out of you because of cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. It's up to each one of us to control this subject. We must continually keep ourselves in peace through prayer over all concerns, settling with God everything that troubles us every day. If we have any concern whatsoever today, we take care of that concern by doing Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What do you want God to do with you, for you in this situation? What is your request? Turn to God in prayer if there's any concern whatsoever. If there's any dread in you, turn to God in prayer and take care of the problem with God. Pouring out your heart before God concerning this subject. Having faith that God will help you. Real faith that God will help you. That's number one in laying a ground where the word of God can become fruitful in your life. We must take care of every concern when it surfaces, not the day after it surfaces or a month after it surfaces or six months after it surfaces. Because like a weed, it will get taller and stronger if you don't take care of it properly. Therefore, do Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It's only by doing this that you can benefit. My cousin who was in Church of Christ all her life, told me when she was 97 that she did fine during the day, but at night she just got so lonely. I was very excited. I said, oh, well, you can take care of that. All you have to do is turn to God in prayer when you begin to feel pulled down and just ask God to help you. And I gave her Philippians 4, 6. About two weeks later, I heard from her, and she said, Oh, I do well during the day, but in the evening, I just get so pulled down, and I have trouble in the evening. See, the word didn't benefit her, because it was not mixed with faith. She had to actually believe that word and do it. She had to believe Philippians 4, 6, and actually do it. So that's point number one. You have to believe and do the word. It will avail you nothing unless you mix faith in with it. But the first thing we have to do is be sure we're living in peace all day, every day. Concerns will pop up throughout the day. We have to be diligent to take every one of those concerns to God in prayer. We have to be diligent in believing that God will help us with the problem. And then when the Holy Spirit brings something to our mind 
we have to be diligent to focus on that scripture or that concept and do it by faith. Recently, I became concerned over something. What if this happens? What if that happens? What will you do? How can you handle that? I turned to God in prayer. Help me, please. And instantly, I heard a scripture brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit. But my God shall supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. If something happens, God will supply my need. And I believed that word brought by the Holy Spirit, and instantly my mind was at peace again, resting in that word which God brought to me by his Spirit. If you look at the end of Hebrews chapter 3 and the beginning of Hebrews chapter 4, you will see that they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. They didn't believe that God would do this for them. They didn't believe that God was able to do this or able to communicate with them. And they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. We who believe God enter into his rest. We're no longer tormented by our problems after we pray and hear from God. I began to reason that scripture. When a need surfaces in my life, God will supply that need. What else do I need? I don't need anything else. God is totally able and faithful and adequate, and he will never fall short. So I go through today, there is no need. I go through tomorrow, a need surfaces. God will supply all my need. You have to reason the scripture with yourself. When we really believe we've heard from God, we act in an appropriate way concerning that word that we believe we've heard from God. If we really believe it's God speaking to us and we are assured that it is God speaking to us, then we have to act upon it in an appropriate way. In December, early December of 2018, I fell at my house in Texas. The ambulance workers came and got me and were rolling me past the front door of my house to take me to the hospital. As we got to the front door, I heard from God. The Holy Spirit brought this thought to me. You'll never see this house again. Now, I knew it was from God. Several months earlier, I'd begun to consider that I could no longer continue living alone in that house in Texas, as I had been doing. I had reached the age of 80, and I just knew this was not going to work in the future. So a foundation was already laid in me to hear that word. God had prepared me to hear that word. So I knew it was God. It wasn't a devil. It could have been a devil with a word like that to scare you. But I knew it wasn't anyone but God. It was the Holy Spirit telling me what was going to happen. Now what 
would you do if you heard the word, you'll never see this house again, as they are rolling you out of the door, taking you to the hospital? What would be appropriate action? What would really, what would you do with a word like that? Well, what you do is you put that house up for sale if you believe that word's from God. So I put the house up for sale rather immediately. I was in the hospital two and a half months after surgery. I put the house up for sale. What am I going to need a house in Texas for if I'm never going to see it again? Reason the word of God. And then act upon it when you're absolutely certain it was God bringing you that word. So I put the house up for sale and I told our church group what I had done. One of the women in our church group said, I don't see how you can do this. And I said, well, I heard from God I'll never see this house again. It's not unusual that someone will rise up when you speak what you're going to do. And they will question what you're going to do. That's nothing to be fearful of if, you, if you're assured that's a word from God. Hopefully you're going to follow that word in an appropriate manner. So she didn't trouble me one bit with her questioning. I explained to her, well, I've heard from God. I won't ever see this house again. So the appropriate thing to do is put it up for sale. Does that show I believe God? I'm not trying to show other people that I believe God, by the way. I'm not trying to testify to other people, but it is a testimony. And it shakes them up if they are unbelievers, as it turned out this woman was. So we act on that word in an appropriate way after we are absolutely certain that's a word from God. A lot of times you hear a word from God and you might not act upon it in an appropriate way. You might, for example, hear to separate from someone. But there's how will you separate from that person? How do you do that? You want to separate in a way which allows you to continue to live in peace. And God knows the way to do it. So we ask God, well, how do I do that? I heard a word from God back in 1980. Actually, I heard three words, which was Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I found out that KWJS was a radio station. Well, what am I supposed to do with this word? What would you think would be appropriate? Oh, I had no doubt it was God who brought me that word. It was in the night. I was asleep, and it was a very strong trumpet-like sound that came into my ears speaking those three words. And I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad so I wouldn't get those letters mixed up. I never consciously heard the word KWJS before. It turned out it was a radio station. Well, what do I do with that word? I was sure it was God. What's an appropriate action to take? I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And instantly I heard 
in my mind, call the radio station manager. That was the Holy Spirit bringing information to me on what to do as a result of my prayer. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to go on radio. So the Holy Spirit tells me how to go on radio. I've already been told to call letters to the radio station, so I called KWJS the next, that same morning, and I told, talked to the radio station manager, and I simply said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would I do that? The manager said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to us, and if you fit our programming, we will offer you a contract. I recorded a 29-and-a-half-minute message immediately, sent it that same morning to the station manager. They offered me a contract, and within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS. This is the way the Word of God gets accomplished in our life. First, we have to hear the word. Secondly, we have to be sure it's God speaking the word to us. Then we might need a little more information concerning how to actually do this word. And then we do the word. In the parable of the sower, one of the problems was the word, the seed, fell on ground where there was no root system. We have to develop a root system for the Word of God. How do we do that? Joshua 1.8 We take that Word that we've heard, that we believe is from God, we keep it before us day and night, thinking on that Word and how it could apply to our life and reasoning that Word. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So you build a root system for the word. What I do is when I hear a word from God, I put it on my Kindle photo album. I go to the Bible, make a screen print. It transfers over to my photo album. That way I can very easily look at it every day. But you need some kind of system where you can collect scripture and just look at it every day. Sort of like taking a bath in the scripture. Allowing it to pour over you every day. Allowing it to build inside you. You take scripture and reason it. Back as an early Christian, I owned a business in Dallas, Texas. A man brought a lawsuit against me and several other people. And I was going to have to go to court. I hired a lawyer, but the lawyer bills were eating up all my profit. I would have been back in debt if I had continued with the lawyers and God had worked with me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. I saw a scripture at that time. It was um, 
Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against thee will prosper. I began reasoning that scripture. If no weapon against me will prosper, then this lawsuit against me can't prosper. So I don't need to have a law firm represent me because this weapon can't prosper anyway. So I dismissed my attorney and planned to go to court without any human legal counsel. My attorney greatly objected. He said, Joan, you can't do this. You don't know how evil these courts are. You can't do this. It's not unusual for someone to tell you you can't do the word that you believe God has shown you. But I reasoned it. I sat there with it. I looked at it before I ever dismissed the attorneys. And here's the way I reasoned the situation. Isaiah 54:17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. This lawsuit is a weapon against me. I'm now a Christian, so this promise of God applies to me. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now that's what I now am, because I'm now a born-again Christian. Therefore, I'm a servant of the Lord. This weapon can't prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. God is leading us to do that which we are doing. He has given us a word to lead us. This was the word that was leading me. So I dismissed the attorneys. I was terrified. God gave me scripture to help me, probably about 14 or 15 scriptures during the period between the time I dismissed the attorneys and the court date was set. I took each scripture and put it on a cassette tape. And when I went to bed at night, I turned on that tape and fell asleep with the scriptures playing. When I got up in the night, I would start the scriptures again. I recorded both sides of the tape. I'd turn the tape over and play it again and fall asleep to it. I did that for two or three weeks. I received a phone call six days before we were to go to trial. It was the lawyer of the man who was suing me. He said, I'm calling you because I know you don't have a lawyer. I'm calling you because of that. Our client has dropped all charges against you. And I said, well, did he drop all charges against everybody? And he said, yes, he did. And then the lawyer apologized to me. He said, we told him he had no case to sue you, no grounds to file a lawsuit against you. But he said, he was like a madman. He insisted on doing it. But now he's dropped all charges against everybody. So... That was the end of it. About a week later, my lawyer came into my shop and he said, Joan, I want you to know down at the law firm, we have talked about your case 
ever since those charges were dropped. And I want you to know that we believe that what you said actually happened. No weapon that is formed against you would prosper because you are a Christian. I was not trying to prove anything to anyone. I was trying to resolve the court case in the way that I thought God was showing me to do it. We must take those scriptures that we feel are given us from God by the Holy Spirit. You might be reading the Bible and see that scripture and it would stand out to you. Or you might just be sitting there and that scripture would come to your mind. Stop what you're doing and look at it. Write it down. Put it in a collection of scriptures. Look at it day and night. Let it build a root system inside you. For by that scripture, you will have the strength to actually do that scripture. I see people all the time who jump out and try to do things. And they have no real legal basis for doing what they're doing. It upsets me terribly when I see a Christian try to do the word of God and then you ask them something and they can't even give you a valid reason that they're acting on that word. They have no anchor. They've built no solid ground to do what they are trying to do and they fail. We should not be failing in the Word of God. We should be overcoming through the Word of God. Well, you, you overcome by taking the Scripture, keeping it before you day and night, letting it get stronger and stronger and stronger in you, and then acting upon it. And then if anyone says, why are you doing this? You said, well, this is what that Scripture tells me to do. And you will overcome when you do it by faith, when you have faith in the Word of God, you will overcome. James chapter 1, verse 22, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But some people jump in and do the Word before they have any foundation or anchor, and they fail. And some people hear the word and never even try to do it, and they fail. The ones who really succeed are the ones who first hear the word from God. Keep that word before you day and night. When you are totally convinced the word was from God, then you do the word of God. And you have a good root system and anchor, and you will overcome. And those that overcome are the ones that are taken into heaven. If you just hear the word of God and you don't overcome with it, what do you think is going to happen to you? Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Your name can be blotted out of the book of life if you fail to overcome through the word of God, through faith, through connecting with God, 
through acting upon that word given you by God. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Your name can be in the book of life, and Jesus can blot it out because of the way you handle the word of God on this earth. Jesus said, I, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Overcoming through the word of God is our fundamental role on this earth as long as we live on this earth. Now, Jesus said that because iniquity abounds in the end time, the love of many for the word, I believe it means for the word, the love of many would wax cold. That's in Matthew 24. I believe it's verse 12 and 13. Because in the end time, iniquity will abound. The love of many will wax cold. But he that endures to the end, the same will be saved. There are many days that I have that I don't really feel strong spiritually. I feel very weak spiritually. Stir up the gift that's in you. Read the Bible. Think on the Word of God. Let God work you around to the point that the Word of God becomes stronger and stronger and stronger because you're reading the Word of God and thinking on the Word of God. And then you'll act on the Word of God. And then you'll share it with other people. Philemon's chapter, well, it's verse 6. Philemon is only one chapter. Philemon verse 6. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you by Christ Jesus. Our faith becomes effectual after we've done the Word of God by sharing what happened with other people. These are some of the reasons you're failing. First of all, you're not hearing the Word of God from the Holy Spirit. You're not acting upon that Word that you hear from the Holy Spirit. You're not letting a root system build by meditating in the Word of God and you are not communicating what you've heard with other people to let their faith grow and for your faith to grow after you've done the Word of God. I don't, well, I sometimes tell people before I do the Word of God, I'm not trying to get their approval. But most of the time, I don't tell people what's going on until after I've done the Word. And then their objection arises. But my anchor is so firm they don't affect me because I stay in that word constantly thinking about it, reasoning it, keeping it before me, and building that root system. That's what we have to do to overcome. Hopefully, each of us can see why we fail, and we can see why we have succeeded if we examine these points. As I was making this recording that day, that morning, I woke up in a weakened spiritual condition. I have a habit of reading through the Bible. I start at Matthew and 
I read a section of scripture, and then the next day I'll read another section of scripture, and I read from Matthew through Revelation, then I start again at Matthew. Well, I was about somewhere in Matthew chapter 10, and I began to read that accounting of the sower sowing the word. And I began to get stronger and stronger. And I realized I needed to make a recording on this subject. I've always liked the accounting of it in Mark chapter 4. So I went to that and started recording this for you. For us, really. And I began to get stronger and stronger and stronger spiritually as I recorded And as I'm getting ready to conclude this podcast, I feel feel strong spiritually when I felt very weak spiritually when I started out reading in Matthew this morning. Totally turned around. See, you turn your life around. The thought came to me once this morning, oh, you don't feel very well, so why don't you just turn on the television and watch something? I thought about that, and I thought, well, now that is not going to do anything at all to help me spiritually. So I just started reading in the Bible at the point where I'd left off yesterday. And in time, after several chapters in Matthew, when I saw that parable of the sower, it all turned around because I realized I needed to exhort the church with that parable. See how it works? We don't feel great every day. We are tempted to do other things, which will not help us. We grab hold, and we don't let go. There's that story of Jacob who wrestled with the angel, And he absolutely wouldn't let go until the angel blessed him. Perseverance. We have to do that. And God turns it around for us. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.